to the Movies Past and Present podcast. It's July 3rd, 2019, and this is episode 27. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. Happy U.S. Independence Day, everyone. I'm releasing the podcast a day earlier than I typically do. Uh, But I just hope everyone has a great holiday and uh, that you're going to be safe and have fun. We've got two new films this week, and both of them opened midweek. First up is uh, another horror film. Shocking. Uh, This one's called Midsommar. It's, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, it's from A24 Pictures. This movie is directed by Ari Aster, who directed last year's indie horror hit Hereditary. And I'm sure you'll be shocked to know that I missed that one. And I am also going to miss this one. Uh, This movie, here's the summary. Um, Danny, spelled D-A-N-I, and Christopher are a young American couple with a relationship on the brink of falling apart. But after a family tragedy keeps them together, a grieving Danny invites herself to join Christian and his friends on a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a midsummer festival in a remote Swedish village. What begins as a carefree summer holiday in a land of eternal sunlight takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests to partake in festivities that render the pastoral paradise increasingly unnerving and viscerally disturbing. This film looks absolutely awful, if you're me. Um, it's rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for disturbing ritualistic violence and grisly images, strong sexual content, graphic nudity, drug use, and language, and uh, yuck. <laughs> so <laughs> now for something completely different, we've got a new Spider-Man movie. Uh, this one's called Spider-Man Far From Home. It's from Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios. It's brought to you by the same creative team as 2017's hit Spider-Man Homecoming. And I will be reviewing this film in today's podcast. So so more, more on that in a bit. Uh, but just as a quick summary, this movie picks up right where Avengers Endgame uh, leaves off. Um, this movie has Peter Parker and his classmates off on a European summer trip. And you might have noticed that in some of the marketing campaign that it's all got kind of a travel a travel theme. Uh, but of course, stuff happens and Spider-Man has to uh, save the day. So, so um, more to follow. But Spider-Man Far From Home is rated PG-13 for sci-fi action violence, some language, and brief suggestive comments. So for your Independence Day weekend, uh, you've got Midsommar and Spider-Man Far From Home. reviews this week, uh, as I just mentioned, I'm going to be reviewing the new Spider-Man film, Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, this movie is from Columbia Pictures, but also in conjunction with Marvel Studios. Uh, Again, thankfully, Marvel Studios uh, made a deal with Sony to to, uh, really reboot uh, the Spider-Man films and bring 
spy, at least the live action ones, and bring Spider-Man into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe that Marvel Studios has created. So, you know, Spider-Man's been in these last couple of Avengers movies, and, uh, you know, Tony Stark slash Iron Man has played a big role. He, he was a big part of Spider-Man Homecoming, which was the first of these reboot, reboot movies that happened a couple years ago. So anyway, this is a continuation of, of basically the Spider-Man Homecoming film from 2017, as well as uh, the next film right after the uh, Avengers Endgame uh, movie. Literally, this movie picks up right after the events of Avengers Endgame. And it, it provides a really great, actually quite a funny summary of of uh, of the craziness of, of, of everything that happened in that in the in those uh, you know Avengers Infinity War and then Avengers uh, Endgame. But we find Spider Man, of course, Peter Parker back in school and just be you know being a teenager. He's Aunt May knows he's Spider-Man, and so they're working together. Uh, Aunt May, again, is played by Marissa Tomei. And uh, Peter Parker is going to be going on a summer trip with some of his classmates. and uh, They're going to Europe. And so, you know, really, the, the main three classmates are uh, his buddy, Ned, who's again played by... Jacob uh, Batalon, and then MJ, who's played by Zendaya. Now, Peter has really got the hots for MJ. He's not sure she really thinks, knows that he's, he's alive, but there's also, there's all this teenage romance angst really thrown in there, and that's a big part of the, uh, part of the plot. But uh, it turns out that there is a real threat going on in Europe, and uh, Nick Fury, who is back uh, again <laughs> in the in the uh, these uh, Marvel movies, um, again played by Samuel L. Jackson, really wants uh, Peter Parker slash Spider Man to help them try to fight off this threat. Partly because the Avengers really, as far as he's concerned, are no longer. And Tony Stark had put so much trust in Peter, he, he was thinking that he could probably do the same thing too. So uh, Peter, again, which is what I think just makes makes these this particular series really great, is that Peter's got, he's getting torn in, in these different directions he just wants to be a normal kid, but he's got now this this power as well as kind of all this cool tech that Tony Stark has given him, and and uh, you know he's got this ability to really be a hero and, and help. So that's he's he, he's he's very torn, and that's I think what makes what makes it really uh, interesting. So the main villain in this movie is uh, Mysterio, who is played by Jake Gyllenhaal, and it takes it a minute, you know, a bit to for Mysterio to finally, you know, reveal himself and his true motives. And of course, they're bad. <laughs> but uh, 
he's Jake Gyllenhaal plays a great villain. I think Mysterio is a cool villain, and and it really puts some big obstacles in front of in front of Peter slash Spider Man. Now, the uh, as the movie progresses, it the way that what Mysterio is doing, and again, I'm really not going to give that much away. I don't want to spo- don't want to spoil it for you, but it's pretty high tech what Mysterio is doing. And it puts Peter in this really kind of weird, surreal world as he's fighting him. And uh, this isn't really a, really a complaint, but it feels a lot like a video game. But I still was able just to, I just, I don't know, the whole thing kind of made me feel like like a, a kid again. And, and I just had a ball watching it. So again, through the great stuff going on with Peter and his teenage angst and... And uh, the absolute terrific supporting cast, and and really, you know, Tom Holland, who, who you know plays Peter Parker, just his great, uh, really great performance. So I thought that Spider-Man: Far From Home was an absolute blast, and I really, uh, I I just really enjoyed it. Thought it was a perfect summer movie, and uh, again, I didn't I didn't think it. Took itself too seriously, but it took it ser- itself seriously enough that stuff felt like it mattered. And, and uh, you know, as you know, as we've been well taught, uh, with, any, with any Marvel movie, <laughs> stay through the credits. And it's just going to be really interesting to see where, where uh, these Marvel Studios films go. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit more this summer from... From uh, both Disney's D23 Expo and then, and then uh, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure if Marvel Studios is presenting it at uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con. But still, hopefully this summer we'll have a bit of an idea at least where what some of these next titles are uh, that are that are going to be happening and and uh, how <laughs> where where this next where the journey is going going to take us. So uh, again. Thought Spider-Man: Far From Home was was really fun, and, and I hope that that uh, you can go and and uh, and let your inner kid and in, in enjoy enjoy a fun time at the movies this summer. Okay, for Classic Cinema Corner, I want to give you an update about. <laughs> My TCM Essentials Viewing Project, as you might recall, if you've been if you've been listening to the podcast all or reading my blog, I've been uh, watching, trying to watch a movie a week from this book put out by by Turner Classic Movies called The Essentials: Fifty Two Must See Movies and Why They Matter. Basically, it's just a year of must see movies, and they're not claiming that these are the best movies ever made. But they're really good movies. They're not ranked, but they are they are presented in chronological order. So these movies that I saw uh, were three, one from nineteen forty five, one from nineteen forty seven, and nineteen forty eight. These are actually so many of the films of the fifty two in the book I have already seen before, and it's been I've just it's been really fun to revisit them in this kind of a format. Uh, but these three movies, they were all three new to me. And so I just want to go over them and just give you a, a brief summary and, and maybe give you some ideas of, of, 
of three new movies that you might want to check out if you're so inclined. First up was a uh, melodrama called Leave Her to Heaven. Again, this one was from 1945. This movie stars Gene Tierney and uh, Cornell Wilde. And Gene Tierney plays a woman named Ellen who's crazy. <laughs> we we don't really learn that <laughs> until, uh, you know, a bit into the movie. But holy smokes, this woman is nuts. So uh, she's got some serious daddy issues and she's got some serious jealousy issues. So she and Cornell Wilde, who is, he plays a guy named Richard. He's a, uh, he's an author. He, so he, he writes novels and they, uh, they meet on a train and really fall instantly in love. They're very attracted to each other and they get married rather quickly. And that probably <laughs> wasn't the best decision that Richard um, has made in his life, but Anyway, soon things start to begin to unravel. It turns out that Ellen just has got some incredible jealousy issues. Uh, Ellen's mother says, really, just Ellen loves too much. That's, that, that's the quote. And uh, maybe that's it. I just think she's, she's nuts. But this film, uh, it's, it's uh, directed by John Stahl. But really, the win I think the, the the winner is the cinematographer because this movie has got the most gorgeous Technicolor in it. I uh, it was really a pleasure to watch. I watched it on DVD and it was a uh, you know a, a restoration of it, so it was in, it was it was a nice it was a nice print of the, of this film. But uh, what's interesting though, and part of it why it's so it's so unsettling. Uh, in fact, that's what the author Jeremy Arnold, who wrote this Essentials book, you know that I'm that I'm following, in the essay on on Leave Her to Heaven, Jeremy Arnold talks about how unsettling it is that that uh, this you know the movie looks so beautiful, and particularly it's so it's f very flattering of Jean Tierney, you know of of this character. She always looks so beautiful, but she's so awful. <laughs> Um, so that that really does make it make it uh, you know add to the to the kind of the ease and the and the tension or the uh, you know the uneasiness and the and the tension uh, involved in the in this film and uh, it's it really and Jeremy Arnold mentioned this it really could be labeled film noir even though it's 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 in it's in Technicolor just given um, the uh, the, the the unsettling thematic elements of it, um, but uh, you know Robert Osborne, who was the the uh, one of the original well actually the original host of TCM and was was part of this Essentials project too before he passed away. Um, he thinks it's one of the great films of the 1940s. That it's a perfect combination of entertainment, beauty on the screen, visuals on the screen, um, music. It's got this great score by Alfred Newman. Uh, and then, and then the the uh, terrific story that really stirs up stirs up your uh, emotions. So, so uh, leave her to heaven. Really an interesting, uh, you know, creepy melodrama, but but uh, beautifully made, beautiful to look at, and and a really interesting, very interesting film. 
Next up was a movie from 1947 called Out of the Past. Now, this one is a true film noir. Filmed in black and white. Um, directed by Jacques Tourneau. And Jeremy Arnold, you know, again, the author, mentions what what interesting thing that Tourneau d- does in films throughout his career is that he he makes them incredibly beautiful and strangely hopeful, even though... <laughs> Like in this film, things are really quite pitch black. Uh, this has got, uh, you know, a lot of the classic elements of film film noir. It stars Robert Mitchum and Jane Greer. Robert Mitchum plays a former private detective uh, who has been involved with some bad people and some bad stuff, and uh, he tries to start over in a in a small town. So he leaves Los Angeles and moves to a small town in California. Um, and he gets involved with another woman, tries to, is trying to have a, a you know, more healthy <laughs> relationship. But he gets pulled back into his old life by a gangster that he wants to work for, uh, played by Kirk Douglas. And, and then also pulled back in by a really treacherous ex, ex-lover who's again played by Jane Greer. Um, she is really kind of the ultimate femme fatale. Um, and duplicitous and really evil to the core. But then again, just incredibly gorgeous. So, you know, classic, classic film film noir. Uh, Really, really a movie that, that, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, propelled Robert Mitchum's career. And, and uh, I just, I just really was quite, quite, taken with it uh great performances not necessarily a lot of surprises in the plot when you know to say i mean i guess yes and no i mean when you know when you know some of the stuff about the genre and then also i had read the essay that that uh jeremy arnold you know put in the essentials book so i felt a bit prepared for it but but uh, out of the past if you like film noir Really was a cool watch. I was able to rent this on uh, Apple iTunes or you know Apple Movies or whatever they're going to be calling it once iTunes goes away. Uh, but it was you know easily found on uh, on the iTunes store and was just able to rent that and watch it on my Apple TV. And then finally from 1948, I watched The Red Shoes. Now this is a British film. Um, about a ballerina uh, who's torn between her art and uh, and love. It also is in glorious Technicolor, and I'm in glorious. It's it was really a pleasure to watch, and I think that that was part of the highlight was just how beautiful this film is to look at. Uh, the main the main actress is is a is a British woman named Moira, Moira Shearer, and she's she's an excellent dancer, and a lot of this film is actually ballet sequences, uh, you know, a big chunk of it, and very artistically done, with a lot of, of technical wizardry, and particularly for the era, uh, and and I think too, you know, ballet it really captures. Uh, ballet on screen and in a way that it might not have been captured uh, before. 
Uh, it's loosely based on, on, on a Hans Christian Andersen story called The Red Shoes, which is a story that I, I don't ever remember reading, but, you know, those real fairy, those original fairy tales are often tragic, and this, this movie is, 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 is tragic too, but, uh, I, I was really quite smitten with it. Uh, one interesting thing, and Jeremy Arnold mentions this too, it's an interesting film about artists working together with other artists and just, you know, the, the creation of art and, and, and the emotional journey that that whole, well, and also just the actual, just the work involved in, in, in creating art. Uh, and so it's an interesting look into that world too, but really it's this, it's this, uh, uh, you know, how this ballerina is torn between being devoted to her art or, or pursuing, uh, a, a relationship that she's in. So, uh, the red shoes is another one to consider. Now it's, it's, it's a, you know, possibly a little weird and, 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 and very arty speaking of art, <laughs> definitely the definition of, of an art film. And, uh, and that being the case, I watched it on the Criterion channel of which I'm a subscriber, you know, that streaming service that, that, that Criterion is now running. And so if you want to see the red shoes, it's, 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 it's right now available on the Criterion channel. If you subscribe to it and, uh, there were also some bonus features, which I haven't watched yet, but I think I'd like to given that the film, I just found the film so, so interesting. I'll have links to these films on uh, the podcast notes on my blog. So you can find where I, uh, where I got them or I was able to watch them uh, in case you're interested. But again, three really interesting films from, from the uh, 19, late 1940s, Leave Her to Heaven, Out of the Past, and The Red Shoes. Okay, for recommendations, I'm recommending again Pixar Animation Studios' brilliant Toy Story 4, which is now playing in theaters if you haven't already seen it. Uh, I think you should go and I and and again know that that uh, even though you maybe felt done with these with the with the Toy Story <laughs> story in uh, after Toy Story three, this movie is really really terrific and uh, beautifully done, supremely entertaining and really thought provoking. So so go see Toy Story four again. Really really a great movie and probably my favorite movie of the summer so far. Well, thank you for listening to the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about all of the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always... I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, happy 4th of July again, and thank you. Thank you.